Welcome to Toolbox and Testimony, the podcast meant to equip you with tools to help you navigate Christian life and to encourage you with stories of God's faithfulness. I'm Tanner Van Beek, campus ministry worker in Des Moines, Iowa. Welcome to episode four of season two. Now, I know that normally this would be a testimony episode where I have a guest on the podcast and they share uh, how God's changed their life, how uh, he, he's encouraged them and transformed them, and it would just be a, a big encouragement to all of us. But today I feel like there's something a little bit more pressing that I think that it would be good to address. Maybe next week I'll have two testimony episodes, maybe not, I don't know. We'll, we'll see when we get there. But it's with a very heavy heart today that I want to discuss the recent findings of an investigation that sought to confirm the validity of allegations of misconduct leveled against the late Ravi Zacharias. Now, if you're involved on social media or Christian Twitter or whatever, you probably know what's been going on with Zacharias. Uh, But if you don't know what's going on, I will summarize the situation for you. Zacharias was a world-famous Christian apologist, so somebody that traveled around the world hosting speaking engagements, uh, debating atheists, stuff like that, generally just like contending for the faith and why God exists and contending for a Christian worldview. And if you ever watched this guy speak like on YouTube or anything, you know just as well as I do when I say this, that, that he was incredibly, incredibly skilled, incredibly talented, very knowledgeable, just very, very good at what he did. This dude wrote over 25 books. He started this huge ministry called Ravi Zacharias International Ministries that was based in the United States and in the UK and had on staff a bunch of super talented apologists that did the same thing that he did, traveled around the world and contended for the faith. And Ravi, sadly, he died of a rare cancer in his spine uh, this last summer, the summer of 2020, when he was 74 years old. And now I really want to stress just the fact that his teaching was really good. It was really good. It was orthodox. It was solid. It built up a lot of Christians. A lot of people were probably saved under his ministry. And probably his bread and butter was talking about worldviews, Christian worldview, and arguing for a Christian biblical worldview. And the thing that always sticks in my mind that I remember him teaching was that a worldview must answer four different questions for it to be valid. It's got to answer the origin, you know, the, the origin of creation, the meaning of life, why are we here, morality, you know, it, it needs to make sense of morality, is there right and wrong, and destiny, what, what's going to happen to us. So a worldview must answer origin, meaning of life, morality, and destiny. So I just want to stress that his teaching was really good and his ministry built up a lot of people. But what's been going on? What's been going on? So in September 2020, Christianity Today, they posted this article 
on their website citing allegations of sexual misconduct against Ravi Zacharias. And those allegations came up from three different women. And they supposedly took place between two spas that Zacharias co-owned in Atlanta. And so Christianity Today, they posted that article. And pretty much immediately, you know, the, the Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, they deny it. They want to hire somebody to investigate and to clear his name. And so they hired uh, th- this firm, Miller and Martin Investigation, and they did this big investigation. It was an independent investigation. And the findings of that investigation were published February 9, 2021, so a couple of days ago. And now just yesterday, Christianity Today, they publish another article that brought the findings of the investigation into the eyes of the public. You know, they, they linked to that Miller and Martin investigation and all of the findings and they posted this big old article about what was in there and so that's what's been going on and so now let's talk about just the the findings of what that report unveiled and so here's what happened as far as i can tell after i read the articles and after i read the actual 12 page investigation and so ravi zacharias he co-owned a couple of massage parlors, uh, two of them in Georgia. And it's pretty well known that Ravi had crippling lower back pain uh, from this chronic back injury, and he needed a lot of treatment. And so the typical treatment for that was massage therapy. And so this investigation, it confirmed those previous three women's allegations against Ravi as well as unearthed five additional victims in the United States. And with all of these victims, they were somehow associated with those massage parlors. Uh, they, They were massage therapists. And so what he was doing, it was using that lower back pain and that therapy that he needed as his opportunity to, you know, sexually misconduct himself, uh, you know, this is awful. This is awful. But to, to, you know, feel up the massage therapists and, and really try to get more than a massage out of the deal. Um, and it's to be noted that in the investigation, this most likely was not just happening in the United States. You know, being a world famous apologist, he would take a lot of trips outside the United States. And, you know, there's a lot of evidence in that investigation of you know him going to different like massage parlors and stuff when he was traveling in asia in thailand india in malaysia and so there's evidence of sexual misconduct uh outside of the country as well and so what this firm did they looked at a lot of his old devices that he used laptops and phones um, during those times and what that revealed was that there was contact info on his phones for over 200 different massage therapists between Asia and the United States. Uh, There were hundreds of pictures of young women, some of them naked. Uh, There were solicited photos up until briefly months before his death. This was happening 
months before his death. And he used tens of thousands of dollars from his own ministry's funds to support the lives of four of these massage therapists. You know, they he met them and they needed help financially and he told them that he would pay for their schooling and their uh, their their place to live and food and all of these different things with funds from his ministry. And after funding these massage therapists, you know, he, he would basically try to barter for sexual favors, you know, blackmail them because he's paying for all of their stuff. And I, I think the most gut-wrenching part of all of this was that you know, it was the spiritual manipulation that came up out of this. You know, he, he wasn't trying to do all of these things right away to these women. You know, he, he'd try to get to know them first and ask about their family, ask about their spiritual journey and, and build a relationship with them first. And, and so a lot of them kind of looked at him as like a father figure or someone that they could trust. Um, and, and then... He would manipulate them spiritually and physically. And one of the women in the investigation spoke out about what he did to her. And he, he sat down with her and, and prayed with her about the opportunity that God had given both of them like out of this situation. And threatened her if she ever spoke out against him that she would be responsible for the millions of souls that were lost when his reputation would eventually be damaged because of the allegations and when you find stuff like this out you know it's gut-wrenching it's just it's way deep down just this this righteous anger against sin that, that something like this could happen that a spiritual leader could do something like this and it makes me glad that judgment is in the hands of God because his wisdom is greater than my own and he'll handle the situation a lot better than I could surely but just thinking today about the repercussions of the victims and the repercussions of Ravi's family from his emotional affairs and his physical affairs and all of these things it's just so tough to process through and so I don't know I'm not really like teaching anything here I'm just going to kind of talk about how I'm processing through it and I just wrote down five quick points uh, to work through and and so here's how I'm semi-processing through it the first point I already kind of mentioned of just praying for the victims and praying for his family you know, I, I can't imagine being one of the victims and seeing the press and seeing the people at his funeral, you know, all speaking up about how great his life was and how great of a man he was when he'd been doing this to people and you knew that he was doing this to people. And that that as far as anybody knows, didn't apologize, didn't repent and was doing this kind of stuff up until a couple months before he died. So let's keep his family and friends in our prayers in, in the near future as they're working through this. Point number two, just thinking about the, the disgusting nature of 
the sin to sexually and spiritually manipulate people. You know, th- this guy was someone that people looked up to. You know, the hundreds of thousands of people probably worldwide. Um, he, he was just looked at as, as a father figure, as a friend, as somebody with integrity. He was a teacher of God's word. You know, he was a teacher of God's word. And James 3 teaches us that teachers of God's word will be judged with greater strictness than others because of the the heavy nature of it. You know, the heavy nature of accurately sharing what God has given to us. You know, and just the fact that a spiritual leader of his caliber was doing stuff like this, it, you, I'm just going to be honest. Like, it honestly just makes me question if this guy actually knew the Lord or not, you know? I, I, I think that flashes across our minds. And, you know, I, it's not up to me to judge him. I can't know. You know, only God knows the state that Ravi's heart was in. And God can save anybody. Let, let's be straight with that. God can save anybody. God can save the worst of sinners. God saved me in my sin. God saved uh, the, the criminal on the cross next to Jesus. God saved Paul. You know, all these stories of God saving big sinners. You know, so, so it's not, God can save anybody. And it's not up to us to judge people. It, it's up to God. And only God knows the state that Ravi's heart was in when he died and whether or not he had peace with God through faith in Christ and whether or not that judgment, that punishment for his sin, whether that fell on Jesus or whether that fell on Zacharias, we just won't know while we're here. We just won't know. Point number three, I'm generally pretty impressed with the response from Ravi Zacharias International Ministries. You know, right when those first three allegations came out, when Ravi died, uh, the the ministry, you know, pushed back on it, you know, and hired an investigator and was like, well, we got to clear this guy's name, you know, because he didn't do these things. But now that this stuff has come out, uh, the ministry has been very humble you know, and, and very willing to actually say, like, guys, we were very wrong. We were, we were very wrong in a lot of these different areas. Um, you know, they, they've reached out to the victims uh, and all these different things. And what's happening with this ministry right now, it's, it's really up in the air for them. They're trying to wade through the process of well, just, just what do we do after this? Like, this was their guy, you know, this was their guy. And now, you know, all this goes down. And so what do they do? What do they even do? I think most likely they'll downsize big time. Uh, you know, probably that United Kingdom branch will shut down and dissolve. And probably the U.S. branch will just downsize big time and probably get a new name, I would guess. And all of that makes sense. I think because they still have apologists who are amazing. You know, they're, they're doing great work. They're doing great work and they want to keep doing great work. Um, but overall, I've been impressed with the, the humility and the response of the ministry. We have to be able to admit when we were wrong. We have to be able to admit when 
we didn't give proper accountability and all of these things and, and they have confessed that so point number four that leads into point number four accountability so so important especially in ministry guys um in first timothy 4 verse 16 paul says keep watch of your life and doctrine you know and, and doctrine wise you know ravi was pretty good you know his orthodox teaching it was good his teaching was good but when all this comes to light we see the life wise uh, he did not keep watch of his life you know who he was behind closed doors was not the same person who he was out in public it reminds me of the billy graham rule the billy graham rule and you we all know who billy graham is he's that most probably the most famous evangelist in the united states like ever right but back in 1948 he resolved he, he made this rule for himself because he thought that accountability was so important and he and he says you know I, when i'm traveling and stuff i'm never going to go out to eat with women alone i'm never going to travel with women alone i'm never going to be in a hotel room or behind closed doors with women alone only my wife and that's just so honorable it seems like and, and people um you know pe people cast accusations at billy graham all the time but very very rarely about sexual misconduct or or being alone with women or anything like that because he had this rule in place and you know that that rule it, it might be something good for people who are in ministry to think about and obviously we've seen through this situation just how important it is to be wise and how important it is even to think about the perception of what's going on maybe nothing bad's happening behind closed doors but can people perceive it that way and just turning this in on ourselves for you know people that teach god's word or people that have leadership positions you know we, we're responsible for repentance and we're responsible for looking inward and bringing our sin into the light right we, we might fall into sin but we can't keep it hidden we need to bring it into the light we need to confess it you know god is faithful and just to forgive us when we confess our sins you know we need to ask ourselves this question of would you rather give up whatever leadership position you have and honor god with your repentance or would you rather keep your position and hide in the darkness well, guys, we, we need to be willing to do whatever it takes to honor God. And that means if you've fallen into sin, you know, we need to confess it. We need to confess it and, and not be scared about the repercussions. And we need to do what's right. Point number five, uh, just addressing the people that were built up by his ministry. I'm going to be honest. I didn't listen to Ravi Zacharias a lot. Uh, just every once in a while and, and so I personally don't have a big connection to his ministry but I know that tens of thousands of people do you know and, and they grew up watching Ravi Zacharias and maybe his teaching really built them up in their faith or, or maybe the Lord even saved them through the truth that Ravi shared and if that's you you know I, that's okay it's okay 
you know, it, it's possible to learn good things from him because his teaching was orthodox. It was good. He spoke God's truth. And so in situations like that, you know, we can't throw out the baby with the bathwater in that regard. We can't throw out the truth of God's word. You know, God can use anybody to speak truth into somebody's life. God can use unbelievers to speak truth into somebody's life. God can use believers. God can use a rock to speak truth into somebody's life if he wants to. And whether or not that person fell into grave sin or not, God can use them for his purposes. But we have to acknowledge too that it's hard when our heroes fall. You know, we just naturally do have people that we look up to in, in, in our faith. But remember that our full faith is in one person, the Lord Jesus. Our faith shouldn't be in anyone else. And I, I admire a lot of teachers. I really do. I admire a lot of teachers. And there's a lot of men that I have huge amounts of respect for that have spoken into my life you know, and discipled me. And, you know, all of those things. And God forbid that they ever fall into grave sin. But you know what? I think even if they did, my faith would not be shaken. It wouldn't be shaken. You know, those people that spoke into my life and discipled me and all that, the guys that I really look up to, you know, they're very influential in my life. But they shared the Bible with me. They shared Jesus with me. And we have to realize that's where the authority is. That's where the firm foundation is. It's the Lord Jesus. And nobody can take him away from us. Regardless of whether or not our mentors fall into sin or walk away from the faith or or whatever, we know that our Lord Jesus is alive up in heaven. And we know that he will never fall into sin. He's sinless. He, he, he's never had a sinful thought. He's never had a sinful motivation. He, he's never disobeyed God. You know, he's, he's the perfect son of God. And he'll always be there for us. And so our faith is not in human teachers. You know, our, our faith is not in Christian celebrities. It, it, it's not in anybody else but the Lord Jesus. He's the only one that has the power to save us. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. And be assured that if you are Jesus's, he will keep you. He will sustain you. You will make it to the end because those that God gave to Jesus will come to him and he won't turn them away and he won't let them go. Thanks to all of you for tuning in to this episode of Toolbox and Testimony. Remember, if you'd like to receive curated content from around the web delivered weekly to your inbox, that means songs, articles, videos, and other resources that I believe will stir up our affection for the Lord Jesus, go check out toolboxandtestimony.com and sign up with your email address. If you found this episode helpful and encouraging, please share it or leave a rating on whatever platform you listen. This will help put the content in front of more eyes, meaning more people will be equipped and encouraged. Thanks again. Until next time, I hope your soul is encouraged and your toolbox is heavier.